Bear Independent Brief for December 23. The use of artificial intelligence is beginning to create some novel damage. Some of it is intentional deception thrown into the capitalist machine. Some of it is deception targeting public opinion. And some of it is malicious use targeting women and children. What's been going on? Sports Illustrated, remember them, is one of the more recent establishments to get in some hot water about its dishonest uses of artificial intelligence. An unnamed source said that the magazine does, in fact, use AI to create content, even though the company denies it. AI-generated profiles and pictures for authors were discovered on the website, and the portraits were later pulled from the website with no explanation. Tom Rosensteel, a professor at the University of Maryland, said, quote, if you want to be in the truth-telling business, which journalists claim they do, you shouldn't tell lies. Ah, oh, too bad, Tom. A secret is a form of lying, end quote. The company is reportedly conducting an internal investigation into the third-party company it hired for the work. Sports Illustrated Union, that's cute, they have a union, issued a statement after a story came out covering the scandal saying, you are killing me with all the crunchy, smashy plastic noises over there. The Sports Illustrated Union issued a statement after a story came out covering the scandal saying, quote, we demand the company commit to adhering to basic journalistic standards, including not publishing computer written stories by fake people, end quote. The problem is that this isn't the first or the last instance of fake journalism. Some publications are forthright about the role of the exciting new technology, such as the Associated Press, which puts an explanation at the bottom of an article about how AI helped in the production of the piece. The AP, super reliable. What's more problematic is that sometimes the quote, fake news is about things much more crucial than sports. Deep fake images and videos created by artificial intelligence depicting bombed homes, families digging through rubble for survivors, and wounded and abandoned infants in Gaza have created emotional backlash and, and influenced social opinion. But they weren't real. False claims can appear to be backed with evidence right before the reader's eyes, but it's all deception. Still, the reaction generated by the fake journalism is very real and has very real consequences wag the dog right now the majority of misinformation is man-made but as ai is used more and more it will become harder and harder to tell what is real jean-claude goldstein c-r-e-o point or creo point c-e-o explained quote it's going to get worse a lot worse before it gets better pictures video and audio with generative ai it's going to be an escalation you haven't seen end quote Technology may be used against you or your children, too. A teen boy allegedly used AI to create and distribute generated nude images of other students that go to a school in Washington state. Recently, at a high school in New Jersey, several AI-generated nude images of multiple teen girls were circulated. This technology is being used to target women and children online at a seriously alarming rate. In fact, over 143,000 deepfake videos have been added to the internet this year alone. AI-generated material depicting the sexual abuse of children, both real and virtual, has exploded. The number one industry in the United States is not energy, it's not oil, it's not medicine, it's pornography. Teshuva, repent, keep your dick out of your hand.
act like a man of Elohim. Families are fighting for the victimized children, pushing legislators to do something to create safety amid this rising wild west of newfound technological power. Dorota Manny, the mother of one of the victims of the New Jersey high school, said, quote, we're fighting for our children. They are not Republicans and they are not Democrats. They don't care. They just want to be loved and they want to be safe, end quote. She also pointed out that, quote, not every child, boy or girl, will have the support system to deal with this issue and they might not see the light at the end of the tunnel, end quote. That is the written brief for this morning. Good morning. I'm Bear from the Internet. Do the internet things, subscribe, ring the little bell icon, leave a comment for the YouTube algorithmic robots to chew on death to robots. Yes, I'm talking to you, algorithm. If uh, you're not new here, you know what to do. Share the show with somebody you love. Approximately 40% of you are not subscribed or have been recently unsubscribed. So make sure that if you want to be subscribed, you actually are subscribed. YouTube is shadow banning us yet again. 194,000 subscribers. The average brief is getting about 15,000 views right now, where a month ago it was getting 40 to 50,000 views. So please help us by sharing the show, which of is, which is of course, brought to you by the creator of the universe, Yahuwah, your Elohim, the Lord, your God, the awesome people over on Patreon, link in the description, and refugemedical.com, for whom I am the chief shill, because I'm also the CEO and founder of refugemedical.com. You want a real first aid kit that's going to save your life that's not made in China by the enemy? Refugemedical.com. AI, USS Kearney, energy crisis, and gold versus fiat currency. This is what we're talking about today. In addition to that, I am also going to, I have decided... Um, we're going to actually use Goliath's sword to cut his head off, to borrow a phrase from my brother Saw at Survival Applications and Weapons Systems. Going forward with this brief, I'm going to sprinkle in, intersperse a whole bunch of actionable stuff for you and your tribe. Monday, Wednesday, Friday of each week during these briefs. We're going to hide right in plain sight. <laughs> for uh, grassroots organization and motivation to be able to maintain a comfortable distance from tyranny. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today as well. So pay attention, please, and thank you. Good morning to everybody in the chat. I know a lot of people listen to this on uh podcast format, which I find interesting. From AP News, they who write articles with AI. Uh, Dateline Dubai, United Arab, Arab Emirates, ballistic missiles fired by Yemen's Houthi rebels struck three commercial ships Sunday, that would be yesterday, in the Red Sea, while a U.S. warship shot down three drones in self-defense during the hours-long assault. Some say it was about five hours long, the U.S. military said. The Iranian-backed Houthis claimed two of the attacks. Now, you may recall a few weeks ago, October 7th, 2023, when Hamas attacked, attacked Israel, I told you to get familiar with the name the Houthis. Well, the Houthis are at it again. The strikes marked an ex escalation in a series of maritime attacks in the Mideast linked to the Israel-Hamas wars. Multiple vessels found themselves in the crosshairs of a single Houthi assault for the first time in this conflict. 
the U.S. vowed to consider all appropriate responses in the wake of the attack, specifically calling out Iran after tensions have been high for years now over Tehran's rapidly advancing nuclear program. So the Houthis are yet another group of terroristic assholes that are supported by Iran, which is in large part supported by Russia, which aids in the conclusion that what is happening in Israel via Hamas is part of asymmetrical warfare by Russia in order to get the United States to split its taxpayer base between Ukraine and Israel, which will allow for Russia to take over Ukraine, or at least succeed in that special military operation, that conflict over there. Quote, these attacks represent a direct threat to international commerce and maritime security, and quote, the U.S. military central command said in a statement, they jeopardize the lives of international crews representing multiple countries around the world. It added, we have every reason to believe that these attacks, while launched by the Houthis in Yemen, are fully enabled by Iran. The attack potentially marks a major escalation in a series of maritime attacks in the Mideast linked to the Israel-Hamas war. The British military also reported an explosion off the coast of Yemen in the key Bab al-Mandeb Strait. Last week, the U.S. military said a U.S. Navy warship sailing near the Bab al-Mandeb Strait shot down a drone launched from Yemen. Before that, a container ship owned by an Israeli billionaire came under attack by a suspected Iranian drone in the Indian Ocean. And as of today, in Gaza, Israel has ordered more evacuations in and around Gaza's second largest city of Khan Yunus. Palestinians in the Gaza Strip said they were running out of places to go in a sealed off territory that borders Israel and Egypt. Also, the ceasefire between Israel and Hamas has uh, concluded, has been broken. They're back at it again essentially because Israel said, as long as you continue releasing women and children, we will uh, press pause on the destruction of the Palestinian rebels, Hamas. And Hamas said, cool, sounds good. Uh, also, by the way, we're out of women and children to give back to you, to which Israel said, paraphrasing here, what there should be 17 more of them, women and children, that you should be able to release. And Hamas said, ah, we'd love to, but actually they've been captive uh, been taken captive by radical Islamic Jihad, and we don't have any pull over them, and we can't tell them what to do, so we can't give them back to you, which is all a bunch of BS. So Israel was like, roger that, back to the ground pounding. So the ceasefire, and that's all super duper paraphrased, the ceasefire between Israel and Hamas has ceased, and they are back to uh, slogging it out in Gaza. A couple of other things that are super interesting um, from RT, Russia Today, gold price hits historic high. Bullion has been on the rise amid geopolitical tensions, recession risks, and possible interest rates. The shiny rocks are up, boys and girls. Now, why do I care about this? This is an indicator to me, just like the USS Kearney is an indicator to me of the growing potential for the growth of the conflict in the Middle East, knowing that we have an ongoing conflict in Eastern Europe, a.k.a. Gomer, yeah, Ezekiel 3738, a.k.a. Ukraine, between uh, Russia and Gomer, Ukraine. Now we have Israel, and the likelihood that Israel... The Israel-Hamas conflict spills outside of its borders, depends greatly upon which sources you're reading. 
and listening to. Some people say it has a very low likelihood of being anything more than a regional conflict, frankly, because all the nation states of the world are pretty damn broke right now. And even as uh, radical Islamic jihad around the world calls for people to rise up and act out, they've gotten very little participation from the rebels around the world. Although a man with a hammer and a knife did go on a stabbing spree near the Eiffel Tower in Paris recently, which is why you should always be armed. And if you live in a place where you can't always be armed, you live in the wrong place. Strategically relocate ASAP because the government cannot save you, will not save you, not their job to save you. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And part of my liberty is me carrying around a whole pile of rocks on my belt line that if anybody tries to hit me with a hammer or stab me, I'm going to shoot them in the face until they fall to the ground. Y'all forbid they try and stab my wife or my children or my homies. So strategically relocate. Comma, there are a bunch of people around the world that should have been acting very, very poorly because of this uh, Israel-Hamas war, but aren't. And the radical Islamic Jihad leadership is very unimpressed with their supporters around the world who have failed to rally to the call. So that's an indicator. Also, the White House here in the Estados Unidos, very, very weak. We've known this for several years. We all know that Biden's a robot, just waiting for the blue screen of death to finally take over one day before they usher Kamala Harris in as supreme dictator of the world. They have been telling Israel, hey, slow your roll, slow down, go nice and easy. Why? Because the radical Islamic jihadists have embedded themselves in the Democratic Party. And there's an entire movement right now, literally called Abandon Biden, where Palestinian supporters across the nation here in the United States are not going to vote for Biden or Kamala. Now, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to be friends with those people. But the far left is already beginning to abandon Biden and Harris. Mazel tov. Cool. They are beginning to eat their own. And so because of that, the Biden administration and the Democrats at large are finding themselves having to walk this tightrope between uh, support Israel because so many, inexplicably, so many of their largest donors are Jewish and support Palestine because so much of their base is pro-Palestinian. All that to say, the uh, conflict in Israel, the likelihood that it escapes its borders and becomes more of a global conflict than a regional conflict seems low, but doesn't mean that it doesn't have the potential to, in a moment, like the USS Kearney, Black Swan event anyway, Gulf of Tonkin incident, Pearl Harbor, 9-11, the sinking of the Lusitania, the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, shall I continue, in a moment, explode into a global war. Which, of course, the United States Department of Defense has basically said we don't have the capacity to fight a global war on more than one front. And we're looking at approximately three, Eastern Europe, the Middle East, and South China Sea, possibly all at the same time. So why do I care? That's why I care about the U.S. Carney, USS Carney. It's not that I'm personally going to get hit with a rocket by the Yemeni Houthi rebels. That's a very low likelihood. It's that it 
at some point, there's the high probability that we are sending our sons and daughters to war, that we are paying an even higher price in taxation, that we have even worse representation, which hinders our ability to walk in the principles laid out by our creator here, hinders our ability to enact these God-given constitutionally protected rights here. Shall we continue? Why, yes, we shall. The shiny rocks are up, boys and girls. Gold price hits historic high. Bullion, bullion has been on the rise. Now, this isn't like, you know, when I say bullion, I don't mean like, uh, you know, you're going to make some stew and you need some cubes of bullion. Bullion has been on the rise amid geopolitical tensions, recession risks, and possible interest rates. Although there is an argument to be made when the shit hits the fan, man, I might rather have jars of bullion, beef stock, and chicken stock than shiny rocks. Although, there is something to the shiny rocks. The price of gold touched an all-time peak on Monday, soaring past $2,100 per ounce. That's about $32,000 per pound, or about $72,000 per kilogram of gold. Significant. The price of gold touched an all-time peak on Monday, soaring past $2,100 per ounce as the global safe haven rush continues. Spot gold prices rose to a record high of $2,110 per ounce before giving up some gains to trade at $2,090 as of 11.45 GMT. The rally in the world's oldest asset has been going on for about two consecutive months, driven by safe haven investor demand in the wake of global uncertainty and geopolitical tensions, as well as recession fears and expectations of interest rates cut by the U.S. Federal Reserve. Additionally, we're seeing because of the Federal Reserve and prior to this because of COVID-19, a lot of people invested in real estate as a safe haven, as a hedge against going to zero if we have an, a, a true economic crisis here in the United States of America. But real estate prices are beginning to come back down again. Now, land, like gold, never goes to zero, but it does appreciate and depreciate depending on the uh, political season and the economic season. And so I think it's almost as if, I don't know, but it's almost as if uh, in many parts of the country, the land market has become saturated. The prices have been art artificially overinflated to the point where even people trying to hedge against uh, a failure of the U.S. economy no longer see investing in land as a good strategy because the prices are so artificially high. For people like us, that's a good thing because that means hopefully that land prices will come back down again. Unless, of course, you're one of those people that invested high and is now trying to sell to recover some of your investment. That could be a bad thing for you. It's part of why I don't like to play those games. I buy what I need when I need it at whatever price it is, and then I feel good because I got the thing that I needed. Whether gold was $1,000 an ounce or $2,100 an ounce, or whether land was 800 bucks an acre or 8000 an acre. Don't care. Got it. Own it. It'll never go to zero again. But what about the potential downside? Don't care. Get hit by a bus tomorrow. What about that? You're taking for granted the fact that you will wake up tomorrow with a lot of these investments. I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Back to gold. 
According to CME FedWatch tool, markets are now pricing in more than 50% odds of a U.S. interest rate cut in the first quarter of 2024. The anticipated retreat in both the U.S. dollar and interest rates across 2024 are key positive drivers for gold. Now, every time gold goes up, the economy goes down. So that's why we're watching this, because macro, why does this affect me? Why do I care? Because as gold climbs up, the U.S. dollar climbs down, coupled with inflation, coupled with interest, coupled with increased cost of living, coupled with regardless of how many economic reports come out, the fact that the vast majority of people are unemployed or underemployed, coupled with the fact that the world's largest retailer rhymes with Schmalmart, Black Friday, no increase in demand. Cyber Monday, no increase in demand. Yeah, canaries in the coal mine. The anticipated retreat in both the U.S. dollar and interest rates across 2024 are key positive drivers for gold. UOB's head of market strategy, global economics and market research, Hang Ken Hao, told CNBC. He estimated that gold prices could climb to as high as $2,200 per ounce by the end of 2024. A recent survey by the World Gold Council showed that more than 20% of all central banks intend to ramp up their gold reserves in the next 12 months as they increasingly grow pessimistic about the U.S. dollar as a reserve asset. Investors traditionally turn to gold in times of market uncertainty to hedge risks and as a store of value. For thousands of years, bullion has been as a safe haven during periods of economic instability, stock market crises, military conflicts, and pandemics. So, per this article, because gold is going up, that is an indicator that we shall see in the near future economic instability, stock market crises, military conflicts, and pandemics, which begs the question, how long can you stay home for? If I turned the power off on your house right now, and I took away the keys from your vehicle, how long before your life gets unbearable? especially going into winter in many parts of the country right now there is already snow on the ground and it's early december if i turn your power off and take away your keys how long before your life gets unbearable i'm good for a few months says big rich wonderful that's part of your homework today mark o'connor one month for me Cotlumber.com, the straightest two by fours, the sharpest carbide chop saw blades, the best chisels and mallets. Cotlumber, K O T T lumber.com. How long can you stay home for? The answer should be, boys and girls, indefinitely. Now, I realize we're all at different parts of this journey, we're on different parts of the path, and that's okay. But the main reason we do this brief is to examine the writing on the wall for if slash when the world gets so stupid that you have to stay home that you can and you won't die. Dr. Trev, unbearable. I see what you did there. Well, it will be unbearable because if the world gets that bad, we won't be doing this brief. And you won't have me and many others who have a similar voice and similar convictions as mine on the webs every day telling you to go do the things. You will have to do the things at this point. Forever, assuming everything goes right. Sun Tzu Lao. That's a great assumption to make, isn't it, brother? 
Last thing I want to look at this morning before we get into some actionable stuff. From the Blaze Media. Like Germany, the U.S. is greening its grid towards catastrophe. Now, many of y'all who have been here for a long time understand my background and my expertise in the United States grid infrastructure. To the article, in an overlooked congressional hearing last week, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission or FERC Commissioner Mark Christie sounded the alarm about a catastrophic state of the U.S. energy grid. Christie opened the hearing by explaining his cause for concern. Quote, the United States is heading for a reliability crisis, and I do not use the term crisis for melodrama, but because it is an accurate description of what we are facing. I think anyone would would regard an increasing threat of system-wide extensive power outages as a crisis. You should research today as part of your homework, cold start, cold start for the grid. It's not as simple as, oh, the grid went down, we'll just reboot it. Back to the article. Summary. And these are some really good bullet points here. So we'll read the summary, then I'll have some commentary, and then that'll do it for this article. Summary. The U.S. grid is facing a catastrophic capacity shortage in the next seven years. Capacity means the ability to produce the power that is required to meet the demand of y'all. As more and more dispatchable power stations go offline, they are being replaced with non-dispatchable renewable energy inputs that give us less ability to dial up the power and meet changing grid demands. Wow, if only I had heard somebody on the internet saying that for the last six years. Some guy that looks a lot like this. Dispatchable resources are options like nuclear, coal, and gas. That sounds super familiar. These plants have electricity output that can be varied at the command of power companies to meet the changing demands of the grid, a.k.a. scalable. Non-dispatchable or non-scalable resources are wind, solar, and thermal plants, which have output that varies based on nature and can't be dialed up or down by power companies as demand fluctuates. And again, let me hit you with a statistic that should make you puke a little bit. Our current battery backup capacity for the U.S. grid is four minutes. Four minutes. If the United States mined every known ounce of lithium on planet Earth and used all of it only for batteries to serve as capacitors, energy storage for only the North American grid, we would have four hours of grid backup, four hours. If we used all the lithium in the world to make only batteries to back up only the North American grid, we would have four hours of reserve power based upon current demand before you factor in EVs and AI and increased crypto mining <clears throat> and quantum computing and T-1000 robots and whatever else is coming down the pipe. AKA, not possible with current technology. Back to the article. The U.S. increasingly copying the German model of a move to green energy despite its inherent limitations. 
I am 50% of German descent, so I feel like I have a little bit of permission to say this. Copying the Germans on basically anything over the last couple hundred years, pretty much a bad idea. Pretty much a bad idea. The grid in the U.S. is increasingly failing into disrepair and will require a Herculean effort of money and resources to maintain its current output level. Nuclear could be a viable option, but because of draconian regulations, it's nearly impossible to build more reactors. And the article goes on from here. It's quite long-winded. The bullet points in the summary are really what we needed to touch on here. What can you do about this? There's a couple things you can do. The first is reduce your consumption. Be less dependent upon the grid. Buy fewer electronic gadgets. Get more old school stuff. Sawdust pump, brace and bit. Yeah, hand saws, scythes, whatever. Put in a root cellar instead of another refrigerator, okay? So reduce your consumption. The next is make your own generation. Large scale solar and wind don't work at the grid level because, and this comes as a shock to many people, the wind doesn't always blow and the sun doesn't always shine. Sometimes it's nighttime and sometimes it's cloudy. And typically when those two things happen, your solar panels don't make any power. So for a grid scale application, Wind and solar will always be secondary generation, not primary generation, because we don't have the capacitor technology to store the energy when the wind is blowing or the sun is shining. But you, at your house, do. The best application for air quote renewable energy, which by the way is in no way green. I wrote a white paper on this when I was in the wind industry. It's 38 years on a wind turbine, 38 years before you reach carbon neutrality. The service life of the project is 20 years. We're 18 years in the hole. If the whole point is carbon neutrality, we're 18 years in the hole for every wind turbine we stand up. Okay. So for you, your wind turbine, your solar system at home, you can put in a battery array and you can power your house quite easily comparatively by having your own small scale micro renewable energy way better than it can be used on a grid scale so wind and solar are retarded for the national grid and i don't know about solar but i can tell you that wind the three primary investors are british petroleum dutch shell and exxon Mobil in air quote renewable energy because they are energy companies not oil companies and if they're involved spending your taxpayer dollars to develop these products because they get a 30 percent wind energy tax credit off of their billions of dollars in tax liability that should tell you something about the veracity the sustainability of these air quote renewable energy projects but that's at the grid scale for your home, they work and they work very well. 
If the sun shines where you are, you can put up a solar array that will very likely meet all of your needs. Now, you may have to scale back a little bit, but you should probably scale back anyway if your stated goal is to survive the end of the world as we know it. Tracking? Tracking. <clears throat> so the director of FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, commissioner, said, we are in a catastrophic state of the U.S. grid. And the United States is headed for a reliability crisis. And I do not use the term crisis for melodrama, but because it is an accurate description of what we are facing. I think anyone would regard an increasing threat of a system-wide extensive power outage as a crisis. That is the brief for today. I'm going to talk a little bit about, okay, Bear, what can I do? What should I do? 32-minute mark. Come back. Take notes later. Rewatch. The how and the why is up to you, but here's some quick recommendations. Energy crisis, check. Geopolitical, global-scale crises, check. Economic crises, check. Political turmoil and crises, check. Domestic bad actors, check. Food production interruptions, check. Instability of the system as a whole, check. Now, years on. You need, you need, and I don't want to hear your damn excuses in the chat, but Barry, you just don't understand. I do understand. I do this professionally. I understand. And I understand that your biggest problem is you, just like my biggest problem is me. And excuses are lies. You need 12 to 15 men. You need 12 to 15 men that have a loadout and that train with it regularly all the time that understand just basic stuff when it comes to security. You need logistics, logistics, food, water, shelter, medical, transpo, fuel, immediately, immediately, food, water, shelter, medical, transpo, fuel, immediately, today. You need to define your area of operations. The smaller, the better. The larger, the more resource consuming it is going to be to operate in that area. This means you need a network today. Start with your neighbors, move out from there, and you need a secure way to combo with your neighbors. All emanations, all emanations are unsecure. I don't care what app you use. I don't care what kind of 256-bit encryption frequency hopping radios you have. I don't care. They're all unsecure. You need a secure way to combo with your network. You need to organize said network given their giftings, talents, and delights. 
if Tina's really good with goats and really bad at chopping down trees, I want Tina doing goat stuff, not tree stuff. If Bill's really good at tree stuff, but not goat stuff, I want Bill on tree stuff, not goat stuff. Tracking. Intel. Commo. Food production. Commerce. Logistics. Security. Networking. And medical. I will say this again so you can write it down. Intel. Commo. Food production, not consumption, food production, commerce, logistics, security, networking, and medical. You need a hierarchy and a chain of command, some loose form of governance some pressure and accountability hierarchy and chain of command you need to establish what your circles within circles are and who needs to know what because not everybody needs to know everything compartmentalization it's way more difficult for one person to blow your network wide open if things are compartmentalized so you need a vetting process circles within circles and need to know who needs to know what and not everybody needs to know everything. And the people that bitch because they don't know everything are probably a threat. Which goes back to vetting. Who are you and why are you here? How many witnesses can we get to establish that you are a good person and you should be here? Tracking. This is what you need to start working on now. Now. I will die on this hill, nowhere to run and hide, says real life. Yaws will be done, but I will live to fight another day because I'm not fighting the enemy with my pregnant wife and three children in tow. I'll tell you this, you threaten my pregnant wife and my three children, you will see what the wrath of God looks like. You need immediately 12 to 15 men organized and trained logistics food water shelter medical transpo fuel define your area of operations categorize your people via their giftings talents and delights sections for intel commo food production commerce logistics security networking and medical Establish a hierarchy and a chain of command. Develop your need to know, your compartmentalization, your vetting process, and what your circles within circles look like. Immediately. You need to make your AO a non-permissive environment for sin. You need to be known as those really nice people you should never mess with. Best friend or worst enemy, you pick. Tracking? Yeah, we're taking it up a notch at this channel. We have to. We have to. A covey of quail. I didn't know Bear's wife was pregnant. Congratulations. Thank you. She is. Praise y'all. 
That is the brief for today. Links in the description for everything that I am about to talk about. Patreon.com. 10 bucks a month. Prepper Consultancy. This morning, posted another video with Daniel Salatin about of the Polyface Farms notoriety, talking about goats and pigs and permaculture and how to use those species as a transitional species to turn woods into savanna for food production. If that ain't worth 10 bucks, I don't know what is. But the video previously that posted was part one of four of the bleeding control classes that I did in Harmony, North Carolina at the Mountain Readiness Fallout event a month or so ago. Multiple people posted on that video. This one video was worth my 10 bucks. One person said this one video was worth a year's subscription to Patreon. There is a true value and knowledge exchange there. It is not an I love me, you should love me too, so give me some money page. The deep stuff is on Patreon. We can only go so deep here on YouTube because of the robots, which by the way, just so we're on the same page, death to robots. Refugemedical.com. Somehow, by the grace of the Most High, we still have product in stock amid the war in Ukraine, the war in Israel, the, the Department of Defense buying stuff left and right. Cyber Monday, Black Friday, blah, 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 blah. The holiday season is upon us. If you're going to give somebody a gift, maybe give them the gift of life. This kit here, 93 lives saved to date with this. This is the bare fact. And then 17 lives have been saved via Project Tribute which is a nonprofit that we are partnered with here in the state of Oklahoma that provides kits at not, no cost to Oklahoma law enforcement officers. If you need a witness or two that this kit is designed to save lives, there's 110 witnesses. This is the bare fact. It comes in all the cool guy colors as well as red with reflective, which is great for civilian application. The outside is made of ballistic nylon. It's molly slash pals webbing compatible, etc., etc. Pop this open. Grab the red handle. Pull. Purpose-built trauma first aid kit in my hand. Not a boo-boo kit. Not cheap Chineseium bullshit. A real first aid kit filled with real first aid supplies. Not knockoff. Chinese made or rhino rescue made tourniquets, real cat tourniquets, gloves, tape, North American rescue pressure bandages, Sharpie. And look right here. See this tag? Made in the USA, proudly, guaranteed forever. In the back, real shears. Listen. Real shears. Nasal pharyngeal airway. Two 5x9 gauze pads. I was just watching Sam at Prep Medic yesterday. 
did a video on an adventure medical backpacking hiking kit and their bleeding control portion of the kit was a pair of gloves and one five by nine gauze pad one that was the bleeding control module for that kit no tourniquets no quick clot no pressure bandages no rolled gauze no compressed gauze one five by nine gauze pad just one and a pair of gloves I can get a cheaper kit. You do that. And then uh, when the person you're trying to save dies, be it your wife, your children, your best friend, your buddy from work, you let me know how much the flowers for the funeral cost. I guarantee you it's going to be more than a bear fact. Guarantee you. Halo chest seals, two of them for punctures to the pleural space. Burn tech dressing because it's a common modality of injury in a trauma medicine environment. Trauma from a medical standpoint, meaning, oh, shit, bleeding, critical bleeding. Then in the bottom down here in this pouch, we have our trauma pack as well as our quick clot rolled gauze for wound packing. Bob O'Connell, bless you. Thank you. Trauma pack, compressed gauze, rolled gauze, triangle bandage, mylar blanket. Eye shield, iPad, two by twos, four by fours, five by nines, and flat duct tape. There is not a better first aid kit on the market. There are kits that cost less. There are kits that have more band-aids in them. There's not a better kit for keeping your ass alive. Bearfac, refugemedical.com. You can use promo code BearNation and you get free shipping. If you're on Patreon, use your promo code. You get a percentage off. Everything is HSA and FSA eligible. We have everything from boo-boo kits, band-aids, steri-strips, etc., up to stomp bags, which is a hospital on your back that exceeds Naval Special Warfare specification for a SEAL Team operational medical pack. Exceeds Naval Special Warfare specification. Yeah. I took what the SEALs use and made it even better. And that's not me saying that, that's the Navy SEALs saying it, because I asked them in the desert. And they were like, hot damn, this kit's amazing. Refugemedical.com. Um, inventory varies greatly from day to day because of the geopolitical state of the world. So I'd recommend you go today. RefugeRuckus.com, if you are one of those people that thinks that uh, child sex trafficking is an abomination and you want to do something about it, not shoot a movie about it, not go see a movie about it, not post about it on Instagram, but do something about it, RefugeRuckus.com, R-U-C-K-U-S. We're going to ruck through downtown Fort Smith, Arkansas. If you can't ruck, come and support. Be there. It's a three-day event. There will be live speakers, workshops, lots of vendors, live food or fresh food, live music, Bible study, fellowship, praise and worship, and then Sunday morning we rock. It is the only event that I am aware of in the history of mankind specifically designed to wave a middle finger at pedophiles in a major city. If you'd like to be a part of that, Come on, refugeruckus.com. Whether you are there or not, I will be rucking through downtown Fort Smith, Arkansas. Because Caleb House, Caleb with a K, calebhouse.org. Our rescue and restoration ministry 
where we, because y'all are badass and you empower us to do these things by the hand of the most high, we rescue and restore juvenile human trafficking survivors, AKA kids who have been sold as a product, who've been serially raped by assholes for years, if not a decade. We go take those kids back from those assholes and we make sure that bad shit happens to bad people. And then we put those kiddos back together again. That's what we do. Caleb, K-A-L-E-B, house.org. If the spirit moves you, you can find us there. If it does not, I don't want your participation. Tracking? Tracking. Let's pray to the Father. Good morning, Father Yah. Father, thank you for allowing us to wake up this morning. Father, I pray that you would enable us and strengthen us to do whatever your will is for our lives today, that we would be your hands and feet. Father, that no weapon formed against us would prosper and the two of us would put 10,000 to flight. Father, I ask your blessing on the teams that I have in the field doing your work right now. I ask your blessing on the teams that we have that are doing restoration right now, the victim services and the white collar professionals. And Father, I ask your blessing on those that we are restoring by your hand because you are awesome and amazing. Father, I pray that you'd continue to bless our businesses and our ministries, that people would come to know you as we shine our light, that they would see us and see you, not us. Father, I pray that you would empower everybody within the sound of my voice today, that you would give us strength and power and authority of the, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, that you would pour out your spirit on all flesh, Father, for wisdom and discernment, that you would give us peace that surpasses all understanding, that you would bring healing to those that need it, strength and fortification to those that need it, enlightenment to those that need it, and compassion to those that need it. And Father, that those that don't know you, that you would appear miraculously to them today in ways that are undeniable, that they would quit focusing on self and start focusing on you. Father Yah, thank you for the atoning sacrifice of your son, without whom we'd all be dead anyway. Thank you for fearfully and wonderfully making us in your image. Father, use us for your will and make us strong enough to accept your will, whatever it might be. Father, Yah, may your will be done. I ask these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Y'all have a blessed day. Shalom.